0: If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground Podcast. I am your host, Phil. As always with me, my trusty co-host, the best and fastest researcher in the West, Camille, and tonight. We have a special guest on tonight, Denise Aguilar, who is taking on the 13th District for State Assembly. Love our people running for State Assembly and local office because, you know what, that's where the change happens in California. Um, So if you want something to change in California, you got to go for State Assembly or State senate or something like that. Denise, welcome to the show. How are you tonight?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so I'm going to just start off by saying I I have a special place in my heart for District 13. Um, I'm a former UOP alum, so I spent four years oh. of my life in Stockton. Um, there's there's a lot of good stuff about Stockton. I think there's a lot of good character in Stockton. Um, fond memories of Stockton. So just want to like preface that by I'm very like very familiar with Stockton and and have fond memories of it. So.
1: I love it here. I don't Stockton gets a bad rap. We have so many great things here. We're just not utilizing it and we don't have a lot of resources.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Why don't you introduce yourself, like who you are, where you came from, why why you got into politics right now? Uh
1: sure. So um, I've been involved in politics since twenty fifteen when SB two seven seven was introduced. That was kind of the the thing that pushed me into this political game. Um, but before that I grew up in San Joaquin County, I was, I'm a former gang member. Um, I had a really, really rough childhood and, you know, it's a teen mom, so no involvement in any of this stuff. Um, and then, you know, one day I met my husband and he introduced me to the whole vaccine program. And that was just like, the beginning of my involvement in everything politics. This is like, I live and breathe this. Um, For a long time, you know, working at the Capitol, I've seen some really horrific bills being passed and there would be thousands and thousands of people there and the legislators would still vote down party line for the special interest groups. And I was just like shocked, like, wow, there's really no representation in California. And in 2019, I co-founded Freedom Angels. Uh, We kicked off civil disobedience after SB 276 was introduced and passed. Um, We knew that this was the beginning of a new civil rights movement and then COVID happened. So I've been very much involved in California politics at a state level. Um, I also work at a local level with my county board of supervisors to put in place protections against the vaccine passport. So it's been a very interesting journey going from not having any kind of political background to now working um, on a national level to try to stop extreme laws being passed.
0: So at what point did you just kind of wake up one morning and go, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna run for this district, let's do this.
1: (laughs) The very last minute, I actually had absolutely no intention of running um, my representative is Carlos Villapudua and he um, put, he took his, and he was running for assembly unopposed and I was not considering running. And then the last minute he pulled his name from the assembly run and put it into the Senate and then put his wife in the assembly unopposed. So I had people calling me left and right saying, you need to run. You can't let this happen. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to do politics. I'm a homeschooling mom. Like I'm, I do not want to get involved in this in that way. Um, and then I told the people who were calling me, I said, let me pray on it. I'll get back to you. I don't want to answer any, anybody right now. I have to pray on it. And the next day, that's when Carlos pulled his name out and I was like, all right, that's a message. This is where I have to be. And I put my paperwork in and it was honestly the most terrifying experience like you can hear me doing my oath and my voice is shaking so i'm like i do not i don't know if i'm ready for this
0: well you're you're in it now so how many months have you been campaigning so far
1: um it's only been a couple of months it was the the deadline to um to run so i have been hitting the ground running though and i have a lot of support it's pretty cool to see um, both political parties. I'm having both Democrats uh, and Republicans and independents supporting this campaign. So, even though we started a little later than I would like, um, we have been canvassing every single day. We're hitting thousands of houses a week, and we have a lot of support within the community. So I'm really excited about this race.
0: I, I was looking at your profile, and it looks like you really got involved in twenty nineteen, which. I I would say a lot of people kind of woke up around 2020 when COVID happened. I think that that kind of jarred or or jolted a bunch of people into activity when it came to politics here in California, because they didn't really know. They didn't know like, hey, what's a county supervisor? What's an assembly member? What's a senator? Stuff like that. Um, but you were, you were kind of there before in 2019 mm-hmm. fighting vaccine exemptions. Um, now this is something that you and Camille, my co host have in common is sort of these vaccine mandates and exemptions. Um, you both kind of share the same passion, also homeschooling as well. So you we can talk about that as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that was really your start, right? Even before the COVID madness with all the vaccines, right? Yeah.
1: That's when two, seven, six was um being pushed through. And it was that moment I knew that this is where I had to be. There was a picture that was captured and put on social media and I was on the on the ground in the middle of the Capitol in the rotunda and I was crying his I was sobbing because I shared custody of my son. And I knew if we lost that, and since we did lose it because it passed um through the hearing, I knew I lost the ability to protect him medically. And Tara came and she like kneeled down to me and she comforted me and she said something to me and I got back up and it was like, OK, I this is where I have to be. I cannot allow um, the California governor or the government to start putting in place these kinds of mandates that in California, ours, our state was the roadmap to as what you saw for covid. So all of the lockdowns, the mandates, the no exemptions, the attack on our doctors, that all started here in California under those two bills. So when we were watching this unfold, we were in real time like watching the legislature just strip us of our freedom if you know we don't comply. And we knew where it was going to go. So that's why we went to such lengths to show that we weren't going to move. We, you know, chained our friends to the Capitol doors of the cap of the California Capitol. We blocked the driveways. We were occupying the Capitol in a peaceful way uh, for 11 days because we knew that this was the beginning of, of something very terrible happening across the nation. And I just, I can't, I cannot engage in this. You know, they went too far and my children are involved. So that means that I'm fully involved in this.
2: I really appreciate that. I just want to say, um, I was like one of the people passing out the petitions against two seven, seven and two seven, six. And I, I couldn't go to the Capitol. I had four young kids. I also homeschool stay at home mom. Um, and I think, it sounds like my computer is like having issues. I apologize if it's, if you guys hear like some chirping. Um. Anyway, I couldn't go to the Capitol. I was watching continuously, like online watching all those. And I just really want to say that I very much appreciate all the the parents that showed up and everyone else. And, and you know, fought <laughs> against that. Because that was, my oldest is 18 now. And, but when I was like, when I first found I was pregnant, that was my number one thing. Is that I was like, no to the, no to the mandated vaccines. Now I'm kind of like. No vaccines whatsoever, but at the time I was like, "No mandates. I'm going to do what I want when I want on my own schedule." And that was like my biggest thing that I researched during my pregnancy. So,
1: thank you, thank no, you. No, thank you. For, for, I mean, you were you were involved in two seven seven, which was that was like an eye opener for me because mm-hmm. I was never involved in politics. I had no idea what to even expect. And when I walk, when I would walk into the Capitol during the hearings, there were thousands thousands of people who were there lined up speaking and constituents saying no. And then we knew, you know, we found out Pfizer was paying some of the legislators. So it was like, this is why they pushed it through. Um, it was a warning to the whole nation and people called us anti-vaxxers and we, they called us all of these trigger words, um, when we were really wanting transparency in in what was happening and, you know, actual discussions. And at that time, Uh, we did not have access to legislators. It was, you know, you remember how it was we were outside protesting. We didn't have access to them. It was really hard to get meetings. It was almost impossible. Um, You know, and the terrain has changed now and, and I know it's changed because I've engaged in it um, these last few years and we've been successful at defeating like bills, historical defeats. We've never, we've never won anything in California before. And, You know, when SB 866 was introduced and we fought that to the very end, um, we showed the nation that we can find common ground, uh, building relationships with both parties because our kids shouldn't be politicized. This is it's crazy what California has done to families.
0: I kind of like the fact that you started in 2019 and not 2020 because you're kind of like a hipster in that sense that you were against vaccine mandates before it was cool to be against vaccine yeah. mandates um so i definitely yeah. appreciate that uh same thing with camille as well she was hipster on the vaccine mandates and exemptions Can
2: we still use that word i feel like that's such like a like knowledge. i like it <laughs>
0: What like, hipster?
2: hipster. Is hipster like, not- does anyone use that word still? And I'm not making fun of you. I just feel like we—that was like us. Yes, that was our generation. And now, like, have me having teenagers. Like, I don't think they even use that word.
0: Hipsters aren't <laughs> totally cool anymore. But totally it's not- that hipster mentality that you were doing something before it was all cool and everybody was 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 on it. um So Wait, I, I mean, obviously,
2: really quick because yeah. for people who really don't know what was going on in 2015. All these thousands of parents quite literally lined up and kept saying no. And they were bringing their vaccine injured children, a lot of them. And they were trying to tell their stories. And then nobody, nobody went to the microphone and said, vote yes, vote yes. Everyone was like, please oppose us, please. No, no, no. And then they literally, they finally, this is hours, hours of this. And then at the end, they just, they're like, okay, vote. And they all just voted against us. Like, it was like, they didn't even hear all of you who, waited out there for days and then waited in line for hours and finally got up there and the thousands of voices and richard pan i think was the one heading that up at the time senator richard Mm -hmm. pan so glad he's gone and uh, and it was disgusting i mean my heart dropped like i just remember feeling so like it was so sad to watch and then just see them just dismiss everybody they did not care
1: I, um, first, I just want to say my husband's going to get home at 630 and he drives a truck that makes my dogs go wild. So I'll go on mute as soon as that happens. I have indoor chihuahuas. So it's always a problem. Um, But, you know, what we, what we saw in, in that time of fighting these bills was that the special interest groups have so much control over our legislators. They are literally paying them to represent to represent them while we had thousands of people. We, You know, there was this one um, incident that I remember um, that really triggered me to a point where I, um, I got angry. We were at the Capitol and it was for a 276 hearing and there were children and families lined up against the wall um, because there were so many people there. They had to sit down on the floor because we were there for hours. Um, we had an incident of a staffer calling one of the kids a name and spitting on that child because they thought that that child was unvaccinated. Um and it was like this moment where I'm like how dare you pretend that you're better than us and that you know better than us. Like we're not we're not going to play that game anymore. And so when we go back to to the capital, we make sure that we're building relationships with people in a way that they know um we are, if we do a call to action, right, we're going to engage in politics, we're watching it, we're paying attention now. And that's what they fear. They don't want people paying attention to what's going on. They're very comfortable doing things um, in the dark, and they expect people to not to get involved. And that's really a goal of what Freedom Angels does is to educate people of, you know, they do have power in their local districts, they do have power at the state, Um, We need to start acting like we have a voice at the table and getting involved. Otherwise, this next coming year is going to be a really terrible year for families again.
0: Um, I think it might be perfect timing. You're getting some love in the chat. Um, Let's see. Somebody has said, uh, Denise does a lot more than our state party has done. Uh, My mom met you recently, Denise, and she spoke highly of how humble and kind you are. Your work is important. So. Thank you. Just want to give you that heads up from the chat. Um, it seems Richard Payne is also running for mayor of Sacramento, which, yes, uh, you know, Godspeed to Sacramento if that does, if that happens. Um, all right. So in 2020, all through, through the COVID, you continued your battle and kind of and stayed on top of it. But um, more than just your stances on, on the vaccine exemptions and stuff like that as a legislator, you're going to have to tackle a lot of issues in California. And there's certainly a lot of issues. Um, what? Tell us about your platform overall. I mean, you start with like crime or I, I know, again, personally, I know from Stockton crime was always an issue. Uh, why don't we start there and talk about any plans to tackle that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the crime issue... Affects everything, in California. Affects our economy, our employment opportunities. Um, we have soft on crime policies. We all know it. We all know this is a progressive agenda. To and there's an activist committee um, with the, within the public safety committee at the Capitol that wants to empty prisons. They, they're blocking fentanyl bills. They're blocking bills that would classify child human trafficking as a serious felony. They want to empty the jails, and you know, I think at any demographic, both Democrat and Republican, can feel that we need to course correct. Prop forty-seven. It's not enough to just, you know, say we we tried. We had a legisl or an elected say, well, we tried it. It didn't work, so we have to try something else. That is showing how, un- how out of touch these people are. They're not experiencing the same kind of crime that we're experiencing. I'm working with. Um, Uh, some small businesses here in Stockton on the east side of Stockton, Latino owned businesses that are being constantly robbed. They're having issues with crime. They're having issues with prostitution in front of their stores. And, you know, police officers feel like their hands are tied because there's nothing that that they can do about it. They're not going to be able to arrest them. They can't hold them. This is a huge opportunity for us in 2024 to really clean up these progressive policies that have put our everything at risk, our public safety at risk, our economies at risk because of it. It needs to end. We need some balance in that.
0: Oh, I, I don't know if you saw the video that was circulating with Gavin Newsom, where he was on a Zoom call and he <laughs> yeah. was he was shocked. To, he didn't understand why people blamed him for crime and why people can just shoplift. So, um, I, I mean, if that gives you an idea of how out of touch a lot of Democrats are, in sacramento that they just think everything's fine i I don't understand why people blame us for all the problems with crime
1: it's crazy right right in front of the capitol there's a huge homeless encampment with like people who are having mentally you know mental issues on the street how can they ignore that we have billions 17 billion dollars has been put into the homeless issue and not one viable source to help the homeless issue. It's all going to committees and nonprofits and people's salaries. We gotta get realistic about this or people are gonna be drowning. It is so hard to live in California. Like, I don't even know how we're making it right now. At the cost of, you know, not just the crime affecting everything, but like PG&E, my bill was $800 for a month. That is unsustainable. Where, like, where's the accountability and transparency here? And this is, this is, again, why we all have found common ground in not wanting to be squeezed out of our state. We pay record high taxes and we have absolutely nothing to show for it.
2: Wow. And how, I am I'm so curious how these things became political issues. How did, where along the way did we decide that politics should control our <clears throat> electricity? It's bizarre.
1: They went way out of hand. There's, I mean, there needs to be. I know Kate Sanchez. um, She introduced a bill to cap how many um, bills a legislator can introduce. It's like two thousand bills a year is extreme. We need to go to like a part-time legislature. That is, this is unnecessary. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's music to my ears. I've always said that even in California, a part-time legislature is 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 fine because there is no reason we need thousands of bills introduced mm. because at that point you're just coming up with with random stuff like yeah. and Camille yes. and I do like our legislative updates every once in a while we do like we did our end of the year show and what was the new what was the weird one it was like oh we have a new state mushroom or something is that yes, the one we
2: do <laughs> we do like
0: this is this is what we're paying legislatures we're paying. our taxes
2: our taxes were used So that someone could use, be paid for their time to come up with, we need a state mushroom.
1: It's dumb at some point, like you can't even read those bills. And this is another problem that we face, like talking with legislators. If we're going to them saying, talking about uh, 866 or 659 or 132, whatever bill we decide to talk about, they don't even know what we're talking about because there's too many bills. They can't read them. So they're having their staffers read the bills, tell them yes or no. And these are progressive young staffers coming out of college. Like, And they're the gatekeepers to the legislators. So they don't read the bills. They're not getting the proper download. And there's thousands coming across their desk that they can't possibly even look at. And then they're being passed. And so these are restrictions on us. It's just, it's overwhelming when you start looking at it and getting involved. And like, I'm I'm hoping that there's some kind of support for capping the bills that they can make.
0: There was another one two years ago that was a very important bill that tackled serious issues in California. We now have an official shake, or no, it never passed. Someone introduced They're a bill. Pass. Someone tried to introduce a bill to make the date shake, the official milkshake of California, cause that's those that tackling the most important issues. Um, yeah, and I think there's, you know, I, I think that even though you're in a tough district, I think it's important to give people that choice and give people that voice um, with someone like you, who's passionate where you say, look, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to talk about these issues. Cause maybe no one's ever had a choice. Maybe no one's ever talked to a Republican like me. Um, and, and people, I think in California just need to see that and talk to someone, talk to them in person, shake their hand and be like, you know what? I, I do want lower crime. I, I do want to pay lower taxes. I want to be able to afford to live here in California. Um, and it just, it hasn't been getting done with Democrats. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's great that you're getting out there and, and even though it's an uphill battle, I mean, this is a tough district. I think it's great that you're getting out there and giving people that choice. Have you been seeing a, a good response from people, even as a Republican in a, in a deep blue district?
1: Yes and yes very much and i'm smiling because i think for 2024 with everything that's happened the terrain has changed a little bit um people are now crossing party lines i'm getting a lot of support from democrats moderate democrats and they're fully aware of the vote of the of my legislator like they they're upset with this name and so you know, they're supporting, they they know the work that I've done. So they're supporting um, the campaign. And so it's going very well. Um, I feel really good about it. You know, even though it's a Democrat district, we're really purple. And, you know, I I walk every single day. I talk to people every single day. I go to small businesses um, every week. So in the conversations, people are, are are sick of the crime, small business owners, Democrat, Republican, they can't make it. The taxes are insane. People can't make it. And so this election, we're in a very curious spot to where we can flip votes. And I'm getting the Democrat vote right now. People have already told me they voted for me. So it's. It, I feel good about it. Um, you know, I, I can't say if I'm going to win or not. But I feel really good of the conversations that are being started in the district and You know, I I made this map of all of the bills that have been passed within the past couple of years. So SB 132, um, SB 145, you know, all all of the bad bills that we fought. And I take it with me everywhere. Um, I have little handouts and I give these to people because where I'm campaigning, I'm not campaigning Republicans' houses. I know that they're going to vote for me. I'm campaigning Democrat houses. And so when I go and I talk to them, and I'm telling them, you know, here, here's my information. I had one guy say, "What political party are you with?" I said, "I'm, I'm running as a Republican." He's like, "Oh, this is a Democrat house." And I go, "Great. I, just let me give this to you. Do these bills reflect what, um, what your values are?" Oh, thank you. Cool. Do your bills reflect what your value, what your values are? Um, did you know about these bills? And they read it and they don't believe it. And so we created a QR code so they can, it takes them directly to Legiscan so they can read the bill. Um, So I read one of the bills with him and he was so upset about it. He was like, this isn't, this isn't the Democrat that I am. And I said, well, let's get some balance in there. You know, you don't, you don't have to change your political party. You can still vote for me. And I have one of my yard signs in front of his house now. So it's about talking to people and raising awareness on what, these legislators did because nobody knows about these bills. Legislators don't come into the community to tell you, hey, I have a bill that's going to let men transfer into women's prisons. How do you feel about it? They don't do that. They don't do polls, nothing. And so these laws are passing and people are realizing, wow, that's a little bit extreme. I can't get behind something like that. And so as I tell them, I'm not asking you to change your political party, but just look at what the Democrats have supported and then look at what my stances are and I'm getting, I'm getting the support
0: out of, well, first of all, we always come prepared on the show. We like to always have everything ready. <laughs> um, I had a feeling you might reference this. So I was like, I think I'm just going to get it ready just so people can see. So what we're looking at is, uh, that card that you hand out to people. I think that's a great idea. You put QR code so people can go in and read that. Um, out of these bills, which one makes your blood boil the most?
1: (sighs) Probably the, it's really hard. I mean, these are all like evil satanic bills. (laughs) Um, I would say SB 107. um, We shouldn't be a sanctuary state to sterilize children. You know, my, my stance has always been to protect kids and, this bill was sold, um, as a law to, you know, protect children and, and, and all children and equity. Um, but it really just allows children from all over the world to come here, um, and start their gender affirming what they're calling gender affirming care and getting sterilized. Um, children can't consent. Yeah. It's always been my position. So that one boils my blood.
0: <laughs> Which one, um, would you say when you hand this to people gets the biggest reaction that people say?
1: Um, I would say it would be one, three, two. Since so it's, it's at the very top. That one allows men to transfer into women's prisons. Uh, if they self identify as a woman.
0: Okay. Um, and, and like we, we all know AB five, uh, which was pushed by Lorena Gonzalez um, that's a law that is now currently going to the federal level. So, uh, it, what people say, you know, what happens in California, does happen in the rest of the country. It absolutely is true. AB five is a perfect example of, they try it out here in California. And then if it works, they'll try it, they'll push it through on the federal level. Um, which is why, again, it's so important that the insanity gets stopped here in the state assembly. In the state legislature, because yep. once you start that, once you can slow that down, then that craziness doesn't go across the country. Um, so,
1: well, uh, and, and and to be very clear, for assembly in California, in order to de- to defeat any bills, anything, we we need the assembly. We don't have the senate. The senate is way too progressive, and they do not. We do not. We can't flip that. Um, they're set in stone. But we have a really great opportunity in assembly to defeat bills and to actually have bipartisan support. So being able to take those assembly seats are gonna be crucial to being able to stop uh, really bad legislation from being passed. So it is, it, assembly is a very important position. Sorry. Um, I have a question, I have a couple okay, questions.
0: I, I had a thought and then I lost it cause I was reading chats.
2: Well, okay. I don't like, if you don't, if you don't want to answer this, of course, don't, but can I ask how many children you have and their ages?
0: Yes, I have three. I
1: have a 25 year old, a 12 year old and a nine year old. Okay. So with your younger
2: ones, you, you said you're homeschooling. Um, Can you, what issues regarding children in public schools would you want to possible like um, bills that you would like to author or like in defense of children? Cause obviously there's the vaccine is hugely on your heart, but what other things regarding like school children and things that they're doing to children or trying to, anyway, what would you try to overturn or author? What are you passionate
1: about? So I, I personally wouldn't author anything for schools, school districts. I really believe in keeping local politics empowered, Um, but we need to revisit AB 1078. I think that was a really uh, bad bill that didn't get enough attention from the big microphones. But that was authored by Assemblymember Corey Jackson. He represents the Riverside area. He's a he's a huge extremist. He's a big problem. Um, he is like comparable to like Richard Pan. So he's going to be an issue. Um, but his bill removed local control of school boards and gave the control to the state. So parents who were opposing, you know, inappropriate sexual material in their kids' school, were petitioning their school board to get those books out, the state said, no, we need to keep those to be inclusive. So we need to revisit that. Um, Other than that, it would be really working with my local school boards to see what kind of support they would need. Um, But we need to start getting the parents more involved instead of creating laws and policies that, you know, push parents out of the decision-making with their kids.
2: I feel like a lot of them,
1: which is sad to me, are
2: not aware Like a lot of them say, oh, I didn't know what was going on. I was talking to my mom about this recently where, um, now I've always homeschooled, but a lot of people saying, oh, you know, COVID woke me up and COVID woke me up. And this isn't like a pat myself on the shoulder, but I'm like, what did they wake up to? What did they not know? How did they not know? How can parents are not involved with what's going on in their kid's school? And that was always baffling to me. And I had many reasons for choosing to homeschool, but a lot of more were what I saw happening in the school system. And I knew it was only going to be, you know, a slippery slope from there. And so I was like, no, I'm not, I'm just not going to go down that road. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like shame any parents, but it does amaze me that they just sent their kids off to school thinking, Oh, everything's going to be great. And the, their best interests are at heart at school. And it's just like, no, no, they're not.
1: Well, you know, I think we're all just trying to survive right? We're living in California where we're having it. They've really created a space where both parents need to work and then you have no choice but to send your kids to school. And if you don't comply with their rules and your kids aren't welcome, so then you can't work. I mean, it's this evil cycle, you know, of uh, just people aren't educated. People unfortunately feel like they can't homeschool their kids. Like they're not smart enough to they can possibly teach their kids how to read um, because we've been fooled into believing that we we can't take control of our kids education so i i really my our style in freedom angels and and this campaign is really going to be town hall you know town hall grassroots style where i'm talking about the kind of bills that got passed and why we're here that's that's the my main goal is to show people what kind of legislation did pass because they don't know about it. No, When people see that chart, they are so they're shocked and they're like, this can't possibly be true. Like, unfortunately we're here. Um, and so we have to now engage and do something about it.
0: I, I think your answer is a good answer where instead of writing a bill from Sacramento and trying to figure, I mean, the only time maybe to protect it more, but I think, like you said, keep local power at the localities. And that's, that's such a huge issue for people in Sacramento. Like Democrats just can't get over the idea like Newsom and um, Bonta and all these, these big name Democrats, they just can't get over the idea that like there are pockets of California that are very conservative and they elect conservative local representatives. And when those local representatives don't agree with them or pass their own ordinances. They don't like that. They like, then they come down with the power of the state. So, um, yeah, I think that that's the best answer to say, I, it's not, that's not my job to police the localities. I'd be hands off and let the localities do it. Um, so.
1: Well, during the lockdowns, uh, we were, you know, we had some of the protests at the Capitol. We had thousands of people there and we were training people in how to be involved in local politics because when this all happened, we were like, this is not a law that Gavin Newsom can implement. This is all your local public health officers. So we started training people in how to participate and go to their public health officers and go to the meetings. And if they were locked out, just how to move and how to, you know, pivot from those things. Local control is so important, and during you know during these lockdowns, uh, we actually worked with the mayor of Atwater, and he was one of the first. Him and Placer were one of the first to lift their public health emergency, and we were working alongside you know people in the community to try to to get this protected and so when Gavin sent a letter over to them and said you know you're going to have to pay back all the COVID money if you don't participate if you don't lock down like you know we ask you to and they said that's fine we have a surplus we'll be able to survive we're not gonna we're not gonna bend to this so they actually um they so they lifted their public health emergency and businesses started relocating to to Atwater and so they ended up having another surplus in their tax in their revenue. And it it showed and it sent a message that Gavin can't bully people like how he thought he could bully. And there's going to be people who understand how government works, and they're going to do everything they can to protect their constituents. That's what government's supposed to do is to protect us. It's not to overstep, or and to um, you know encroach on our rights. So it it was a really great opportunity for people to watch how localism is everything localism is going to decide what your terrain looks like and so while work you know by the grace of god i get to see it i'll be in um in sacramento but i have very little interest in being in sacramento i want to be in my county in my district um i don't need to be over there wasting my time when my constituents are here
0: well and lucky for you stockton's right down the road so that helps too yep We, the state doesn't have to pay for any plane flights or anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I've i said this before, and i preached this during COVID when people were starting to kind of figure out California politics. I was telling them, your local politics are one way you can insulate yourself from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw it, like you were just saying, there's so many stories during COVID where cities or counties were basically just giving the middle finger to Sacramento and Gavin Newsom. And they were saying, yeah, we're not going to listen to you. I mean, down here in San Diego, Bill Wells, the mayor of El Cajon said, I'm not enforcing lockdowns. I'm not going to enforce it. I'm not telling my police to do it. So if you want to, you can come and do it yourself, but I'm not wasting city resources. So uh, that's an important message that people have to realize is that localism will protect you from Sacramento.
1: Oh, absolutely. Talk to your sheriff. Talk to your district attorney. All these people play key roles. Our sheriff here um, in Withrow in San Joaquin County, he didn't, he was like, we're not going to arrest people for not wearing a mask. That's ridiculous. You know, we're not going to participate in that. So localism is key. You want change, you start participating, make an appointment. It's so important. I don't, and, and you know, I don't, when we do events, I always ask, have you ever visited your district office? And people are just like, no, right, because we're all working. We're all just trying to, like, make it here. But people don't engage. We are all we all have our issues. Why? And so when you do, it really kind of gets the legislators shook a little bit because people don't engage. And so when you are in their district or you are at the Capitol, um, they, it makes them kind of aware that you're paying attention. So it's so important. Make appointments with your legislators and their districts. Get to know your board of supervisors, your city councils. You know, we're in this mess for me. I fully believe we're in this mess because we stop paying attention to politics. We just vote people in and we hope they do their job because we're trying to do our job and uh, we stop paying attention. And so this year, it's a really important election as everybody knows, Um, you know, pay attention to the candidates and look at their positions and who supports them, what kind of donations they're getting and who's endorsing them, that matters.
2: All my adult life, I have heard, In California, your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. But all those people were always referring to presidential elections. And anyone that says that, again, not to shame you, but you're not paying attention. You don't understand local politics. And I suggest you understand local politics. Like, make that your priority. Fine. If you think your vote doesn't matter for president and you don't want to vote for president, please study up on your local politics and realize why they matter and why you need to vote.
1: Yep absolutely get involved we if we lose the assembly this year cuz there's a lot of candidates if we lose the assembly then we have lost California. Um, We're not going to be able to um, stop anything or to engage. Uh, And if you've ever been to the Capitol um, and had interactions with some of the progressives, you'll know how hard it is to get them to even like pay attention to you. They'll lock their door. um, You know, they'll ignore you. Luckily, we've been able to build relationships with them. And so we have a little better access, but it shouldn't be that hard for just a regular constituent to have that conversation, uh, with their legislators. But, um, if we get any more progressives in there, we're going to lose all ability to stop bills here.
0: Uh, as we're coming up on the hour, I want to ask, uh, is there anything when you, when you win, when you get into your seat, I'm a big fan of put it, just put it out in the universe. Um, Is there anything specific to your district that you feel like you could do from Sacramento that could help make a big impact and difference in your district?
1: Oh, of course. I think there's a lot of, you know, here in San Joaquin County, we actually have such great programs for our youth and to get them out into the work world and get them experience. I really want to focus on creating opportunities here for, you know, our younger generation, um, I think it's missed here. We lost a lot within the last few years of access for, um, for kids just to learn a skill and to learn how to work. Right now, people don't wanna work. Um, I am very, very focused on the small businesses here. We are a community of small businesses. We do not have a lot of big box stores. Um, so getting them to work, getting our economy back is gonna be what, what I'm hearing people want immediately is some kind of relief in that department.
0: Excellent. So um, I'm trying to see if there's any other questions for you right now, or if Camille had any other questions while I'm checking all of the chats. Um, no dogs barking at 630. Like right.
1: My daughter came in and said it's know. coming from someone's computer, but I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, we, no, you know yeah. what, I have had my stinking um, fire alarm thing has been going off for years. I can't reach it because it's a million miles high and my landlord doesn't fix it. So I just have to live with it. It's very annoying. Okay. So it's not it's me. It's not you, girl. I keep muting myself. All right. It's not you well, with me.
2: Well, not that question all the way. No. <laughs> I don't Phil. Um, the, it seems like the Instagram chat has been kind of going crazy. I don't know if you've been checking that at all.
0: Yes, so. I have been. Just more okay. love. Um, people said hi, highly recommend going to the Capitol on a lobby day with Denise and Tara. You'll learn so much. Um, some other people, Taha, I'm gonna butcher this name, Taha Chapi, California, Taha Chapi, California State Open and Mass-Free as well. Um, greetings to all three of you, great Americans. Um, I guess final discussion that we can kind of end on. Um Moving forward in your campaign, getting to know more people, kind of getting out there, uh, with your message and stuff like that. If you are unsuccessful this time around, but you see a good response to what you're saying, would you be, would you be open to running in two years from now?
1: Um, I don't know. I didn't want to run initially, so I, I honestly couldn't tell you, um, I would have been closed off to it, but I would just have to figure out where I'm at at that point. I honestly don't even want to deal with politics anymore. Um, I I hope I win so I can do a term and get out. But I am, like I said, I'm a homeschooling mom. I really just, I want to do what I can to help the state and then get out. So we'll see. We'll see.
0: That's, that's far in the future anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I I always say that to myself as well. I'm like, I don't want to deal with politics anymore yet Here I am with a weekly podcast. No I Text phil at least once a
2: week. I hate politics. Anyway, what are we talking about this week?
0: (laughs) I hate politics who's on the show this week Um final comment has nothing to do with politics. Um, I had a friend in college uh, who grew up in tracy and he swore, and he used to argue with people. He would say that Tracy was part of the Bay Area. I don't think so. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening <laughs> on audio, Denise's <laughs> face basically just said it all. Like, it, are you kidding me? Tracy is nowhere near yes. the Bay Area. But some people just they they thought that um, they wanted to be part of the Bay Area and no, Central oh, it's Valley a lie. is very different. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, well, can I ask Denise, a
2: quick question: Someone just asked on Instagram.
0: They yes, wanted so to ahead.
2: know about uh, your filing, says nonprofit director. They wanted to know about your nonprofit uh, experience
1: or what you're involved uh, in. Freedom Angels is a nonprofit. So we've been um, operating in the same capacity since 2019. We uh, engage the community, do town halls, uh, show people how to be effective in politics. Okay.
0: Somebody said, Tracy, not the Bay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not the Bay area.
1: No, all caps
0: all caps not the bay. Uh Somebody Denise
1: Sacramento's I, the bay too, which was weird.
0: Sacramento's not even close. That no. that's now you're just pretending. Like you I, mean, just so have bay, I don't bay live
2: I I'm, I'm in Orange County, so I'm, you know, way south. But I and I don't so I don't know how it is up there, but I know here the city of Anaheim has the nickname Anna Crime and but Anaheim is kind of a big city and the eastern part, people like to say that they're if they live there, they're like, oh, I'm in Anaheim Hills, even though Anaheim Hills is actually a tiny, tiny little section. <laughs> of the whole island, like, because they don't want to be associated with the west end of Anaheim. So is that what's going on up there? Is that why people are like, oh, I'm in the Bay Area because they're trying to avoid saying they're a part of another area.
1: Is that? I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. It's not true, though. OK. <laughs>
0: Uh, we went to a comedy show and it, we got a. You, there was a huge like pushback. There was like almost people booing because it was in Orange County, and the comedian gets up there and he's like, "Hey guys, how's it going out here? And it's great to see all you people out here in Hollywood." And people are like, almost, "Boo!" Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: not we're close, definitely no,
0: no. not County, at all.
2: We are not LA. <laughs> we are not. We are Orange County
0: uh all right denise thank you so much for coming on to the show uh if you want to come back on during your campaign later on uh doors always open let us know um but why don't you before we sign off for the night tell people where they can find you and go support you
1: sure thank you um yes you can go i'm on x uh under um Mama 209 that's kind of where i put all my new stuff out and on instagram denise uh Dot for dot assembly 13 and you can see my campaign at Denise the number four assembly 13.com so I'm really excited I got to talk to you guys thank you for having me on and let's see what happens after primaries
0: yeah excellent best of luck to you okay. um and everyone who joined in on the chat and who's been watching oh, everyone who's been watching live uh thanks for tuning in as always make sure to like share subscribe review all of that stuff Um, and if you can, the best thing you can do to support the show is send it to a friend. It's absolutely free. Maybe they'll be interested in this podcast. Um, and with that, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.